a place uh, of historical importance. I think during that time uh, he met John Stott. He was still alive. A number of us never saw him. We just read about him. And in his excitement as he returned, he said to this particular class, I met John Stott and he was greeting you. And we were thinking, okay, we know Christian greetings, uh, but we don't know him. Uh, how is it that he was greeting us? We discovered later, it was the excitement of meeting a known man of God. So it was basically a message, I met John Stott. The other time, again, another man, I think, went to uh, where John Calvin was buried. He came back and said to us, John Calvin. We, we didn't meet those men on earth. Even if they were around, the greatest you know, will probably not meet them. But the text says there is one. That meeting him is all you need. Looking forward to meeting this one is the most glorious thing. And that is the promise in verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is the Son speaking. This is the Lord Jesus Christ saying to you and me, you pure in heart, you will see God. Again, I say sometimes, if certain things were not written, they sound, they sound heretical. Because there is a scripture that says nobody will see God and anyone who dares to do so, you cannot see God and live. The text says, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Somebody has said this about these words. Just need to confirm if there are 11 here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in the ESV. Somebody has said, of these, I think there is a version in which there are 11, the ESV, if I counted well, 10 uh, in following the original, are undoubtedly one of the greatest utterance to be found anywhere in the whole realm of the Holy Scriptures. And anyone who realizes even something of their meaning, can approach them only with a sense of awe and complete inadequacy. You read this word, you shall see God. You can only approach them with a sense of highly posture of reverence. You can only approach them with a sense of awe. How can we see God? How, how will we see God? When will we see God? What a great privilege. We will see God. But in trying to open up these words, approach them, he says, with a sense 
of complete inadequacy. We're confronted with a truth that spans across all of scripture and draws in almost every biblical thread. That when you reflect on purity, holiness, that's what the Bible is about. Walking with God is the theme from Genesis to Revelation. Coming to Christ, the worship of Christ, worshiping him as a holy God is a whole theme. So that the whole Bible is referred to as the holy Bible. It's the holy scriptures. It is sacred writing. So we are confronted with a subject that begins in Genesis. Because one of the brothers does not offer according to God's dictate, his offering is not accepted. Because our forefathers refused to worship God as he must, they are kicked out of the garden. It's worshiping God as he must and as a holy God. So the truth of biblical purity is the call of the whole Bible. Every Christian must pursue it. Pursue it vigorously and we'll do so by asking two questions in reflecting on Matthew 5 verse 8. What is purity of heart according to our text? That is question one. And question two, two, what did the Lord Jesus Christ mean? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What did he mean? What is this thing, God? Somebody has called this the promise of the vision of God. The promise of the vision of God. So in reflecting on that verse and exploring the subject of purity and the subject of seeing God as the whole blessing given to us, those are the questions. What is this purity? of heart according to our text and what did the Lord Jesus Christ mean blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God first question then what does it mean to be pure in heart I'd like to underline again that what we have in these beatitudes is not a means to salvation Jesus is not saying, strive to live this life so that you are saved. That's not the point of the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are being considered in our context as the evidence of pursuing a Christ-like life. You ask, are you a Christian? You answer yes. Well, the Beatitudes are a test. Is this true? Because those that are Christ-like, they surely are poor in spirit. They acknowledge their poverty and therefore thirst after the Savior. We are not being called to be poor in spirit that we are saved. Poverty in spirit is evidence. The realization of this is proof that you understand your insufficiency. You understand your depravity. You understand your deprivation. You understand your lack. You understand your inadequacy. And that's only true for those who belong to Christ. This is a test of those who pursue Christ-likeness 
Daimon. They mourn not only for themselves, but for others and for society. They mourn again for their sinfulness, for their lack of righteousness, for their labels of failure to please God. You say you are a Christian and you pursue Christ, the attitude is a picture of what pursuing Christ looks like. Are you meek? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Are you merciful and therefore you shall receive mercy? And in our text, are you pure in heart? Are you pure in heart? So these are evidences, these are marks of true follower of Christ. One that vigorously saying, I walk as Christ did. If I confess to be like Christ, I do walk like him. And here is how he walked. Here are some of the pictures that are true of our Savior. And in our text, he is absolutely pure. And Jesus says, were well, the pure in heart, we will see God. And because he's the absolute pure one, he's able to see. No one has seen the Father except the one who proceeds from him. Because he qualifies in the absolute sense to behold the Father in a way none of us can. And he speaks because he's pure in heart. So what does it mean to be pure in heart? That if we have this purity, we are assured that we will see God. This beatitude is an echo of Psalm 24. Please do turn to Psalm 24. I think that I can say in my reading that almost every commented that has commented on Matthew 5, 8, they will as first state take you to Matthew, to look Psalm 24, and they say that's why you get in the sense, so the Lord Jesus Christ is simply quoting the Old Testament and applying it in that context and challenging the disciples to live such a life. So this beard is an echo of Psalm 24, verse 3 to 6. And it is this passage which fills out its meaning in terms of purity in heart. Psalm 24 states the prerequisite or requirement or essentials of ascending to the hill of the Lord. Here is what we read in Psalm 24, verse 3 to 6. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? In other words, who we will go to be with? Who can ascend and be in the presence of? Who can ascend and to go and see God? And who shall stand in his holy place? The answer, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such. Now, what is saying that verse 4 and 5, here is a summary of it in verse 6. This description is for this group of people. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. 
So who are those that will ascend the hill of God? Who are those that will stand in his holy place? Verse 6, it is a generation of those who seek him. Those who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Well, what is involved in seeking this God? In seeking the face of the God of Jacob? Well, it is those who clean hands and they have a pure heart. Who do not lift up their souls to what is false and do not swear deceitfully. Such ones will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of their salvation. That is the sum that provides the understanding of what purity in heart looks like in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. With Psalm 24, 3 to 6, as the echo of this beatitude, the overall meaning, therefore, of the pure in heart is as is stated in Psalm 24, verse 6. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob, which really is truthfulness and active seeking for God. Who are those who are pure in heart? It is those who seek God. Those who seek the face of God of Jacob, which really is a truthfulness and active seeking before God. It is in the language of Deuteronomy, as we shall see, it is those who love the Lord with all their heart, all their mind, with all their soul, qualified in mind, strength, and everything about them. God is their passion. He is the number one and is unrivaled. They pursue God. They, they seek His face. They desire to do nothing that which will not please God. In the fuller description, it is the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. One who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. Such is the generation of those who seek him. So the meaning generally then is a longing to live the life God requires. Pure in heart, generally, are those who can say and of whom it can be said their longing is to live the life God requires. These are pure in heart in that their hearts are consumed with living the life God requires. And it's a life of holiness. It's a life of purity. It's a life of being set apart. It's a life of righteousness. It's a life of godliness. It's a life of sincerity. It's a life of genuineness. It's a life that is not hypocritical. 
It's a life that is not double tongued. It's a life not of two standards, but one. It's a singular life. It has one particular affection, one particular burden, one particular preoccupation, one particular occupation, and that occupation is God. Everything else is secondary. In the language of the Apostle Paul, in everything they do, whether they eat or drink, they do all and everything for the glory of God. In the language of the Shorter Catechism, what is their chief end? To glorify God forever and enjoy it. They are the pure in heart. So the question at the very beginning is this. Are you that person? Are you that person? Preaching at the Baptist Union Youth Camp, one of my surprises, I pray, I pray that the surprise continues. Directed there, that if you attended our youth meetings, one of the things the youths do not, maybe I should change, I'm not sure about now, they never look forward towards preaching. If you preach for 30 minutes, you could sense that they are saying, think more quickly. You have not forgot that they sing, that there is debate, there is quiz, there is drama. This time round, this time round, I said to the chairman, I, I am surprised and in a good way. I was very observant in my preaching, my eyes scanned as I could. Everybody was paying attention. That's an improvement. Because previously, <laughs> when you're going to preach, you even feeling like, you're saying, yeah, I think that was the Lord you're preaching. What? Uh, there is more important things to do. Singing. Now you, you pure in heart. Your Bible will be your best companion. You love to listen to the God you pursue. This is where it is revealed. So I must say that sometimes even in church, I get overwhelmed with sadness and anger that some of us go outside when preaching is going on to WhatsApp. On Facebook, what can't wait? Maybe you're even looking at Facebook just now. now. That's not pursuing God. That's pursuing Facebook. That's pursuing Instagram. That's pursuing Zodwa. <laughs> Look at the text. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Sometimes, beloved, some practices are helpful. Now, one of the things you may want to think about is not written. Sometimes, let the Lord's day be the Lord's day. Forget your phone for a moment. Just, just forget it. 
Sometimes you immediately outside church with my door. Pursue purity. Pursue godliness. You reach home, the first thing is where is the remote? Nigerian movies, Wolosh. We, we can sit and simply ask, how was church today? Did the children memorize the Lord's Prayer well? Let, let's reflect, it's not always TV. It's not the pursuit of television that will enable you to see God. It's the pursuit of purity, holiness. That's your heart's preoccupation. Those of you that have those decoders, you know, now we've got a backlog. We a program, so we fix the recording, and I said, I'll attend for six Meaning generally is a longing to live the life God requires. Some time back, I think it's um, my, my history is right, it may not be accurate. I think it's the Mennonites, uh, a group of people in history. I think even now there is a crop of them, you go to their homes, there is no TV. Sometimes when you, I, I used to read these things, it sounded very strange. No TV. <laughs> TV. In this era of DSTV, no TV. Or you can live without. It's not essential to life. You can live without Facebook. You can live without WhatsApp. You can live without YouTube. You can live with all the social media. And simply all you do is, hello, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you. Roger, Roger is all you need. You can live. Some old person talking to a grandchild, I think. Grandchild says, the child cannot imagine how people in the era without cell phones lived without cell phones. And the grandfather says, he wonders how this generation lives without prayer, but with phones. Pursue purity. That's what guarantees your single. Meaning of pure in heart, having stated the general meaning, has two nuances. There is two facets to it, two sides but the same coin, two emphases in pursuing this purity. That one element that is obviously very clear is moral purity. Moral uprightness as contrasted against ritualism or ceremonial purity. This is a contrast of the inward state from the outward expressions. That as you read the psalmist in the Old Testament setting, the thrust there is that the spirit that is being discussed is not so much just about your worship. It's not the going through ceremonies. It is not reciting verses. It is not doing certain things. I am talking the inward state. 
so that even when I say clean hands, please do not in the context of in heart. This is the inward state and the inward inclination or disposition, the inward propensity to a life that is honoring to God. So the meaning of a pure heart is that it pursues or it underlines moral purity, moral uprightness, not just ritual or ceremonial cleanliness or purity. It includes both. But the thrust of the text is reference to one who loves God with all his heart, with undivided loyalty, and one whose inward nature corresponds with one's outward profession. Pure in heart, Jesse Rao puts it, means not merely outward correctness, but a pursuit of inward holiness. So it is a pursuit of morality, but as it's being contrasted, it is being differentiated from the outward life. But the opposite of this is this living a very religious, very ceremonious life, but which is not matching with the inward reality. Unfortunately, Christians many a time live lives like this. That our conduct, our appearances, the language we communicate sounds very religious and holy. The heart. The heart is in a mess. The Lord Jesus is saying, the heart. And if you've read and studied uh, biblical cardiologism, or cardiology, the study of the heart, you realize that the heart is the center of a human being. When they say, this is true, I'm speaking from my heart, or this affects my heart, they're basically saying to you, they're affected as a whole person. So when we read, Blessed are the pure in heart. The Lord Jesus could actually have put it this way. Blessed are the pure all around. Blessed are the pure regarding everything about them, including morality. To be pure in heart is to be pure throughout, particularly because out of the heart, in Matthew 15:19, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slandering, and the list goes on. So that in summary you told that which comes from the inside is what is contaminating. When the heart is taken care of, the whole person is taken care of. You say you pursue purity. Can you pass the test? Matthew's list. Are you sure you have no evil thoughts? You sure you are not a murderer? Not just physically, but the one who says foolish, stupid, to a brother has murdered. Are you sure you do not commit adultery? Not only physically, but the one who looks at a woman lustfully. 
sexual immorality in all its diversity. What you watch, what you read, what you think, things you do, you're sure you're pure in heart. What about stealing, including God's time, God's money? How faithful are you? You're tithing, keeping time, not only coming to church, but time with God in the study of his word, time with God in prayer, time with God evangelizing, time with God doing what is pleasing to him. You sure you are not a thief? False witness. How faithful are you as you answer your cell phone? Slander. You sure it can be said of you that you are pure in heart. Again, I have stated and all those that comment on this section that these are not isolated, isolated beatitudes. You do not say, you know, I am pure, but I'm not merciful. It's a whole one fruit. This is not simply, I lift out this and I'll have two out of five. It's like those that have studied the five points of Calvinism. You cannot say I'm four point. You are either none of them or you are either all of them. Because they are connected. Well, the Beatitudes, you can't say, you know, I just, the two I am comfortable with. The rest, no. It's a whole test. You must pass or fail. So here is the question. Are you sure you can demonstrate your Christ-likeness according to this list? You say you are a Christian. And you're pursuing as an individual and as a collective body. Can it be said of us that we are poor in spirit? We are thirsty for and after righteousness. That we are merciful. That we mourn for our sins that we are pure in heart. Purity also here, secondly, moral purity, but secondly, it also underlines, as I've indicated, single-mindedness in devotion to God. The meaning being emphasized with this nuance is that of sincerity of heart earnestness and genuineness in your devotion, in your commitment to God. Not just that you are morally pure, you are morally upright, but that your devotion, your motivation is singularly for God. It is the loving of God with one's heart, soul and mind, and serving God with all strength. It is in the language of one commentator, both an attitude of sincere loyalty to God and the action that results, namely, a wholehearted service of God. Are you devoted to God? as first priority. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. As you read that text, we can put it this way. The only guarantee you have, the only assurance you have, and in this context let me call it the condition that is placed. For you having any hope of seeing God is purity of heart. When you are alone, what do you do? When you are offended, how do you think? When you are skipped, what are your thoughts? When others are commended and appreciated and they, for some reason, forget about you, even though you've done the better. Are you still pure in heart? And are you still devoted to God? Without excusing the elders, including myself, what's your attitude when elders don't visit you in a long time? Stop attending Bible study, stop attending church, stop even giving to God. Because in relation to pastors, your thinking is Oh, that's not biblical thinking. That's not pure thinking. That's thinking that says we'll punish him, he will see. That's called vengeance. And the scripture has something to say. Vengeance belongs, not you. I'm not saying don't keep me accountable. I'm not hiding in theology. I'm simply asking a question. What's your attitude? What's your attitude? Are you pure in heart? Let me close this section and we pick up on what it means to see God. By quoting somebody called David Lament, an old theologian, in his reflections on this particular passage. Firstly, purity of heart stands in direct opposition to that external affectation of purity which is the offspring of hypocrisy. That when you read be pure in heart, the Lord is saying, don't be a hypocrite. Oh, how we sometimes measure in this thing. If, if we went outside and have uh, done a bad job, uh, even though I may have depended on God because of my uh, frailty and weakness, so a bad job in terms of delivery of the sermon, if we went out and asked you, how was my sermon today? I'm not sure anyone would tell me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure anybody would say that. I think it would be, <laughs> you just know the good. Because we measure in this, we, we don't want to just call it what it is. Sometimes with wisdom. But actions are the outward symbols or expressions of virtue and vice, not virtue and vice themselves. Actions are the outward symbols or expressions of virtue. And vice, the, the conduct will prove whether you're pursuing purity or whether you're pursuing impurity. 
Actions when separated from their motives are indifferent. But it is the disposition of benevolence by which the mind is actuated in which the virtue lies. Words like actions when separated from their motives are indifferent. But it is the inward malignity of soul from which the words proceed in which the voice consists. The vice rather. The form of purity, like that of godliness without its power, is only a delusive counterfeit. All external services and sacrifices are of no value without this internal purity. Are you sure you are pure in heart? Purity implies the absence of moral grossness. Whatever is defiled is essentially repugnant to the spirit of purity. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter in what state you come to the Lord's table. You may come in a very humble posture. We might even look at you while we are eating, you are still lost in supposed prayer. But if in your heart you're scheming to commit sin, to commit some form of stealing or whatever it is, but you come to the Lord's table, it's of no use. Oh, let me put it this way. If you hear, your heart is elsewhere. Unless you change, it's a waste of time. Are you sure you're pure in heart? Purity implies the absence of moral grossness. Whatever is defiled is essentially repugnant to the spirit of purity. By the law of nature, clouds darken the face of the sky. Fogs and vapors stagnate and corrupt the air. By the law of conscience and religion, moral blots and corruption stain the beauty of the soul and cast a shade upon its brightness. Purity is an active and vigorous disposition which incessantly proves the soul in which it resides to admire or desire what is admirable, to approve what is excellent. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purity and mixed motive. A thing is pure when there is nothing in it out of harmony with its nature. Water is pure. Air is pure when they contain only their constituent elements and in the right proportion. Gold is pure when it has been separated by fire from all foreign matter. The diamond is pure, the crystal is pure when there is nothing in them which binders the refraction and reflection of light. It is thus with the heart, which is the emotional part of the soul. It is pure when it loves only that which it must love. The one who must be loved. God and his words. Are you sure you are pure? But if you are, there is a glorious blessing, a beautiful promise, an outstanding anticipation and expectation, glorious meeting with God, a seeing God himself. If you are, look forward to that. In the language of Job, yearning to see God. I ask again, 
Are you pure? Please be pure. Allow me to lead us in the singing of our closing hymn, and then we'll ask Ramila to come and give us the benediction. Face to face. Face to face. With Christ my Savior. Face to face. What will it be? When with rapture I behold him. Jesus Christ who died for me. Only faintly now I see him with the darkening veil between. But a blessed blessing is actually but a blessed day. Not a blessing day. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. This was the conviction of the hymn writer. What rejoicing in his presence when a banished grief and pain, when the crooked ways are straightened and the dark thing shall be plain. Face to face. Oh, blissful moment. Face to face to see and know. Face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Last. Is that your hope? Let us stand and sing together and let us sing it as a prayer that that may be true for each one of us.